Hello and welcome to an extra special IGN UK podcast. My name is Gavin Murphy and I'm joined by... Joe from the IGN team. And... <laughs> Daniel. What team are you on? I don't know. The IGN team. That was very good. I like Thank it. you. Why did you say that, though? Because this is special, because it's basically been taken over by Mr. Jeff Kaplan from the Overwatch team. We've long made a joke out of the fact that we talk about Overwatch too much on this podcast yes. since May the 24th last year when it came out, mm-hmm. the best day. And... Um, to the point where listeners started emailing us and telling us to stop talking about Overwatch ever again. Fucking stop so this talking is, about Overwatch. This is a huge fuck you to those guys. It's a whole podcast about Overwatch with the guy who made Overwatch. I feel like that's okay. I feel like if we were going to have a podcast about all about Overwatch, to have Jeff come on and just talk about it is fine. Do we have to stop talking about it forever after this? Mm, have we peaked? Nah, I think that's fine. Are we yeah, sticking it out fine. to pasture after this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Overwatch is done. Um, but yeah, you guys spoke to Jeff Kaplan. What did you speak to him about? We spoke to him about all sorts. Like, we started out just talking about the games he liked at the moment that weren't Overwatch, which he seemed quite relieved about, I think. Yeah. Um, we talked about Terry Crews. And whether he'd met him, Ooh. we talked about these are all teasers. And just like yeah. lots of specifics about how he plays Overwatch. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah, we really wanted to get into like because he gets to talk about the met, you know, the big stuff all the time. Yeah, it's quite nice to talk to him about just what he's like. My favorite bit, I was listening back to it, is um, get, when he gets to the bit where he talks about how what how he reacts to playing with a bad team. Okay, like what he says. He says it as if it's the right thing to do. I think he's actually a worse person than any of us in response to a bad team. (laughs) It's really funny. That sounds amazing. Tell you what, lads, shall we listen to it? Yeah. Okay, um, so we're joined with a very special guest this week, um, if you'd like to introduce yourself. I'm Jeff Kaplan. I'm the game director on Overwatch. Yeah, so it's become a bit of a recurring joke on the IGN UK podcast because and we've been very professional with Jeff thus far. Mm. We've got you done lots of really <laughs> cool videos that you'll find on the website, and we've been very professional. But if you've listened to this podcast, you know that we play Overwatch quite a lot in this mm. office. We probably play every lunchtime, and you and I and Rory usually stay behind after work to play at least two hours a day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm dropping all pretense of professionalism right now. Yep. Um, so we're just going to speak to you for the next like 20 minutes or so about a bunch of stuff. Um, the first thing is, what are you currently playing? What games? Yeah. What games are you I'm playing? I'm playing a lot of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I don't know if you guys have checked it out. I've seen it's, the name, oh, but this I've... is like where everyone's dropped into a map. Yes. It's like Battle Royale. Yeah, style. Battle Royale. Um, it's Steam Early Access right now. And uh, I'm playing with my wife and a couple friends from work. And I have not had a game that actually makes me scream out loud in terror, in sheer terror, uh, <laughs> like that game has. Like, we'll think we're doing so well because it drops you in and you've got to find all sorts of weapons and whatnot. And you're running around and the whole time the circle is closing in on you, like forcing you to move and stuff. And most of the matches go like 30, 40 minutes where you think you're doing really well. You haven't sh- fired a single shot because you're just trying to like get around and get resources. And then within one second, you and all your friends get just utterly assassinated. And somehow it's the coolest, funnest thing ever. So I've been playing a ton of that. And then uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, just the best. <laughs> yeah. Which We've been talking quite a lot best. about it. It is like the it best. It might actually be the best, we were saying off camera. Like it is, as soon as you start playing, I think we, you've not finished it. I finished it no. last weekend just because I put so much time into it. I felt really neg- like a really negligent link that I'd done everything and yet I still wasn't saving Zelda. I felt really bad about it so I was collecting 10 frogs. So I was like, I've <laughs> yeah. got to, I've got to actually help her now. That Someone needs crickets. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you're getting sidetracked, Link. Um, so I had to go help um, finish it, but like, it, it was an amazing game. Yeah, I, and I, I'm so nervous to say this because it sounds like hyperbole, but it might be the best game ever made. That, that's how good that yeah. game is. Yeah, I don't think many people who've put a lot of time into it would disagree with you. It's kind of nuts, isn't it? And it's like, and it comes amongst so many other good things. Like, I like I finished my, I got my fifth ending in Near Automata the other day. Oh, I've, nice. I barely ever play a game through twice, and because of the structure of that game, you kept having to do it. I just got to the point where I was like. I can't believe how many good things are coming out right now. This um, this was on the back burner, and it was it's one of the best games I've played in years. It's nuts. Um, but to Let's bring the go conversation to another best game ever. <laughs> to Overwatch, um, we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions about 
how you play Overwatch. And we were wondering, do you have a main at all? Because I usually play May quite a lot, and I've been getting into Zarya. You play a lot of Roadhog Joe. Yeah. yeah. Do you have someone, or do you feel bad as, like... Because you've had a hand in the creation that they're all your children. I was going to say, yeah, you they do. They do all feel like like part of me. I love all of our heroes, and I try to play all all of the heroes, so I have perspective on all of mm-hmm. them. Because of the group that I play with, like we, you know, I play with similar people um, as frequently as possible. We we naturally fall into roles, mm-hmm. so I tend to fall more into the tank role. So I play much more of the tanks. Um, than anything else. Good call. Leadership role? <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't call it leadership. So when when we play in quick play, we don't join uh, team chat. Mm-hmm. So we just stay in party chat. And then I talk a lot. Like I, I like to call, you know, the shots a lot in, in terms of, you know, who's where, we're getting flanked, attack, we're moving forward. But when we play in comp, I can't talk in team chat because it's weird. Like not too many people know who I am, but some of our players do. And it gets super weird, super fast. Do they think <laughs> it's you or do they think it's you, someone doing an impression of you? They think it's me. They say, okay. they, they, they say, hey, you sound just like Jeff Kaplan. And then I say, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then they'll say, that's the guy from the developer updates. Or, or, and what they really mean is Dino Flash videos making fun of me. <laughs> And that's who they think. And and then I'll just say, I don't know who that is. I've never seen this. And then I'll just stop talking the whole time. That's like an sort of the people who play with is it Matthew Mercer who does McCree yes yeah when he does those streams where he's playing in the role of McCree it's so it's awesome kind of, it's, yeah. an, it's an extra strange version of that like yeah. one more abstraction to go that's the guy that made this game is <laughs> there any character that you're particularly not very good at yeah Genji There's, we knew you'd say Genji yeah. <laughs> I can't it's so hard I've been and, trying for months now it's and what's impossible. weird is for me I'm I'm not stupid about Overwatch, so I understand how the game works, and I and I understand the combo and the order that the buttons need to be pressed mm. to successfully play Genji. Mm. I just turn to mush. I can't. I cannot do it. Um, I watch these Genjis who play against me, and they're amazing. Like they get in, they get out. Um, they dash, you know, they're resetting their dash yeah. on every kill. They seem to know when everybody's at just the right health to do the dash and the melee. They can, they do amazing wall climbs and the deflex. For me, it's like I, my brain goes to mush. I dash in, I press E. The guy looks at me for two seconds. <laughs> e goes down and they shoot me in the head and I'm dead. And then my team yells at me to get off Genji. That's pretty much my experience. Yeah. I've tried remapping buttons as well, thinking that I might put the jump on a shoulder button because we play on PS4 mainly. Mm. That still hasn't helped me much. Well, it's that strange thing of lots of characters kind of require a situational awareness, whereas Genji just requires like mastery in all moments, like jumping yeah. exactly the right way and climbing. Whenever I'm playing him, I just remember, I just forget one piece of his arsenal, so I won't climb walls or I won't reflect because I'm just so overwhelmed by every other bit of it. And um, then I play someone who's amazing at it and it's terrifying. I know, it's like, it's very, I'm very envious of good it, Genji. It's like an art, when I watch good Genji players, it's like an art form mm. to me. I, I feel like, wow, that person's amazing at ballet or painting or something. And I'm like, oh, they're amazing at Genji. And, it's the same way I feel yeah. about a Lucio who can wall ride properly. Yeah. Like, it's it's nuts. I, I really enjoy playing Lucio, but I do not play him to a level where I could do any of that. It's it's nuts. This is a very nerdy question, but do you have a favorite spray? So probably by the time this goes live, we might have a video on IGN where you critique the IGN team's Overwatch play. And you probably saw that we're a big fan of a spray that we've taken to be called, like calling the boy. Yes. <laughs> Um, you, you we call him it Timmy. 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 Yes. We call him the boy. Like at the start of every match, we say, "Put the boy down." I think <laughs> I like his can-do attitude because even though he's got a broken arm, he still wants to punch stuff. Yeah, and I we quite like that spirit. I think right, that optimistic up future. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a particular spray that you? I like the Pachamari, the original yeah. with the oh, yeah. ring around it. Um, just the original Pachamari. I had unlocked that one in the beta. And that became like the coveted spray that everybody else wished they had. And, and so that one's always been special to me. The boys, the boy was the strangest one for us because no, you have to buy it, right? In the, you don't unlock you it can, for it. You can unlock it. You can it, unlock it, right. So it's pretty this. cheap to buy. <clears throat> well, that's so, it. Because yeah. so one day, I think it was Rory, um, just put like had it and put it down. And was like, I don't know where this came from. And everyone else just went... 
That's great. Let's all have that. <laughs> have you put down on a car or something so that the boy's face it looks was like stretched he's... or like he was inside the car? Yeah. <laughs> so, our favorite one at the moment is after the uh, Numbani rework in the um, the spawn for the attackers, putting it so his head fits perfectly over one of the OR bots. The, uh, the OR nice. one bots. Yeah. Um, you just that make fits it look his like, personality well. <laughs> it has a creepy little Timmy face on it. It's brilliant. Um, we were also wondering if you've which character you've got a golden gun for or... Have you cheated and given yourself golden guns for every character? No, I would never cheese it. <laughs> so the first character that I got a golden weapon for was uh, Ryan with the hammer. Oh, it's such a good look. It's just well. amazing. Like it's, I mean, if you want to cover surface area, that's that's the weapon to go with. The problem is, I like the the Baldric skin. That I'm oh, sorry, yeah. the Grief Heart. So there's oh, Baldric, yes. which is the epic-looking Eichenwald one, and then Griefheart is the overgrown one. Mm. And I love the Griefheart one, but that one, it kind of tones down the gold on it. Does so, it? I have no idea. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's like less varnished. It's less blingy. Okay. Yeah. It's the, the the kind of implication of the uh, Griefheart skin is quite strange, because isn't that the overgrown Baldric armor that you're trying to save in yeah. the Eichenwald map. What you're, what you're doing is thinking about the story too much. <laughs> I see. Yeah, it's always I your see. problem, Joe. I know. I just Cause, really because where this leads is you're going to ask why are there why is there like Widowmaker and Tracer on the same team? Well, Widowmaker fighting a Widowmaker. Yeah, parallel realities I mean, intersecting. To be honest, I just like the idea of Reinhardt sort of shaking the bones out of this whole yeah. armor and putting it on for himself. Um, <laughs> it's got a little bit of a stink, but uh, yeah, I'll try it off. It. Yeah. Um, so this is actually a very big question. Have you ever? ever quit a game early no i i haven't left um i i i have tilted many times uh, and I, I i do tilt and it's actually something that i work on is getting frustrated and tilting like my brother and i were talking about games and tilting um tilting is the phrase that we use for like getting pissed and mm. then you get kind of pissy and that's what leads to people doing things like leaving yeah, i'm very tilty. Um, so <laughs> i wouldn't leave like that that's not in my nature to leave and it's weird because we were talking my brother and i were talking about hearthstone mm. and he said it's the game that frustrates him the most that he actually hurt his hand because he was <laughs> punching his ipad so hard <laughs> trying to break the screen <laughs> and I, I was, and I'm like, I've never been upset at Hearthstone. Like, I've never. It's so weird. Like that game has never Doesn't once yeah, frustrated. Buttons. I've never had the buttons pressed. But Overwatch frustrates me sometimes, and I think a lot of it is because I, you know, I pay attention to the game a lot. I watch a lot of the pro scene. I know the mechanics of the game. That's good. It's probably useful. And it, yeah, it's like <laughs> sort of required out. for my job. But but it's also like my passion, and so. I get frustrated with myself that I'm not, not able to execute. Like I, I, yeah, you I, know what should be doing. I feel mm, like I know what should be happening right now, but then I can't do it, or my team can't do it, and I get frustrated. So, I, I, I used to tilt a lot more than I do now, and it's something I actually work on. But what, what I would do back when I would tilt more, besides get grumpy, um, what I would do is I would just sort of switch to a hero at that point. That, that was my version of leaving. Like, let's say I was the team's mercy mm. and the only support or whatever. And then, like, <laughs> we're in the, like, last two minutes and oh everybody's just yelling at each other and pissed. I'm like, okay, it's Genji time. And I told you guys earlier how good of a Genji I am. And it's like, all right, now you've That's got... That's almost worse than leaving somehow. Yeah. The idea of yeah, just well, being it, well, the it's, wrong it's one. the equivalent of putting salt in the wound. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing that really annoys me is when you're doing character select and people are flashing oh, yeah. Reinhardt oh, or, no. or Mercy. And it's just like, you, just sit well, there you know where the character is yeah. if you want to pick it. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. that's the cool. thing that really gets to me. Um, have you ever shouted at an employee for not being on the payload? Uh, probably, yeah. Like, mm. if anything, at, I, I think I tilt harder at work than I do even just playing casually because I have this feeling of like, you guys made the game, you know better, get on the payload. What's, what's wrong with you? That's a really unusual but, problem. But I am working, I am working through these issues. It is an issue. Like we all have these like frustration issues and I think a lot of it just comes down to like anger management and being zen because it's not cool. Like I, I can fully recognize any form of sort of frustrated oh, you're, outrage. You're suddenly aware of, like when you're doing it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I'm just being a jerk. And like here, I think about it a lot like if you went to the movie theater and 
like there are there's this whole room full of people who just want an entertainment experience like you'd never like look at them and you know why don't you eat the goddamn popcorn and <laughs> enjoy the end of the movie? But like, why are we doing this to each other in mm. Overwatch? And uh, why I've, is it okay? I've got this brilliant video on my phone of when we did placement matches for the recent season. Do we have and to bring this up? Yes, we do. Did um, you have a moment? Um, yeah. Oh, so I captured, I captured the end screen of where we got our rating and it came up. Uh, so we we had like a really mixed game. Oh, it was, we were probably like six and four or something like that. Something like yeah. that. A very up and down game. And Joe sits opposite me at work, so we have TVs in the way, so I can't see him. And I'm just filming my screen as gold comes up. And you hear one moment, there's a beat, controller goes smashing down, and fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I think we stopped, play- we stopped playing there. What's wrong with gold? Oh, no, it's perfect. It was fine. We just, I just had high yeah. hopes, because we, we oh, came in to do okay. them together. We had a full team of six. We had a Mercy. We had a Reinhardt. We thought we were all sorted. It was more because and in the season before... I got to something like seven points off of platinum and didn't make it. <laughs> just oh, dropped no. and dropped and dropped. I had the worst Christmas. Overwatch ruined my Christmas, Jeff. That's, and what, <laughs> that's what we tried to do. Yeah. And, nice. um, and I was just like, I was so sure we were going to do it. We'd been so prepared. We'll and then We will. We're closer uh, than... Oh, you, you I've hit already it done it. I've done it without you, but yeah, I'm that's true. I'll get there. Um, so is there anything in the game that when you see someone else doing that particularly annoys you and makes you tilt that annoys well i i don't like this i don't think this is what you're asking but i don't like when people are mean to each other Mm. um and i think there's a lot of like weird meanness in the game that's totally unnecessary like an example is a lot of people will instantly jump on each other for the heroes they pick Mm. you know um i had a competitive match the other day where the first thing, like, before I could load into the match, somebody's locked in on Hanzo. And, you know, it instantly seems to, like, mm, trigger yeah. everybody on our team. Well, fast forward to during the match, that Hanzo was amazing for us. Happens so often. Best player on our team. We won the match easily. Like, it was, uh, we were playing King's Row. One attack defend. This guy was a Hanzo main. Um, and he was stellar. Like he, I'm watching the kill feed, and it's just yeah, Hanzo, yeah. Hanzo, Hanzo, mm. Hanzo. And I'm thinking to myself, why did we have to have that moment where somebody's talking smack on the guy and and giving him a hard time? Like he put his money where his mouth is. There's mm. just because the collective internet has decided that one of the characters shouldn't be played doesn't mean that that's true. And if Somebody pulls it off. So I think just that unnecessary meanness, thats that that gets to me more than anything. I think it's like with certain characters, it's like hard to tell how they're doing. Like if you're playing, like it's very obvious if the Reinhardt is doing well because you can see he's making literal progress in front of you. And we've like sometimes had that in the past where you, you'll call out a character on your team and then you look and they're on fire. Yeah, and they're just amazing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, fair play. And they and, missed that one yeah. shot that I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> We're experimenting with something right now that I think uh, players will be really interested in. We're, we're experimenting with adding assists to the kill feed. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's something we've wanted for a while. It's mm. something the players have talked about on the forums for a while, suggesting, and we're experimenting uh, with it right now. And the designer who's working on it is a guy named Jeremy Craig. And his design philosophy was really interesting because I asked, you know, I'm like, well, what's going to trigger an assist? Because if you're not careful, like everything yeah. in the kill feed yeah, is going to show just up. Raining. <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to count damage at all. And, you know, I don't know. We're yeah. still playing around with it. I don't know. Maybe someday we will count damage. But right now um, we have it so that like crowd control abilities, um, you know, like if May has somebody frozen or if Reinhardt has somebody earth shattered, you know, anything that removes your control from you, Junkrat's trap is on you. Um, that will trigger an assist or things like Mercy damage boosting you or Zenyatta Discord Orb. Um, and the really interesting thing about it is we played a match, we were testing the new kill feed. Another one of our designers, Scott Mercer, was playing Zenyatta. And I was just watching over Jeremy's shoulder as he was testing the kill feed. I, I didn't get into that match. And I was just watching, you know, I'm staring at the kill feed. And I'm like, man, Scott's having an amazing game because you're just watching the assist and hmm. you're suddenly realizing 
like I think like a Zenyatta is a great example of what you're talking about that sometimes there can be that guy who's just contributing way more than you realize and the game doesn't always tell you that so it's easy to get grumpy to other like well what's Zenyatta doing on our team you know you start to see all those assists pop yeah. up in the kill feed and you realize like every single kill is because he has discord on somebody yeah like we play Dale or Zenyatta who you saw earlier at the end of every match he'll get the card offensive for offensive assists offensive assist every yeah. single time I really think you would have thought a lot more of my play as Arisa earlier if there was an assist feed. So I, 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 I really want you to add that scene. I thought Highland, you developed new <laughs> techniques that have never been seen before. Like the fortify Genji thing yeah, was, yeah. was brilliant. See, the worst thing about this... The worst thing about this is this. Right, okay. So, yeah, when we asked you, uh, um, is there anything that really annoys you about watching uh, watching a teammate? Mine is playing against a Genji and watching someone empty so many rounds into Shoot it. Shoot into the Genji, just, yeah. just because he's not looking at them. They're like, oh, someone else will deal with it. And I'm always the person that gets killed. <laughs> Unfortunately, when I was playing Arisa, you really picked up on the fact that and I fired that you, so <laughs> many rounds. And the fact that you've that is going to be very good for the rest of us on the team. I'm so angry I just show that Every time to the work dynamic. Every time he yeah. pulls out the Pharah or the May icicles coming back at you, you can just play that little I play. don't point out specific icicles. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, I I wanted to go back the Hanso main thing I'm assuming you saw when there was a billboard during the presidential election that said Trump is a Hanzo main. Yeah. How does that feel? <laughs> that was, okay, so without getting political. Of course, yeah, we would, we'd, clearly we'd not. never like to. Um, or making any statement about Hanzo mains. Mm. I don't want to go there either. That's even more political. Yeah, that, I would pay more for that than talking smack <laughs> on my president. <laughs> um, I was fascinated that what was, what was interesting about that moment is that realizing that Overwatch had permeated culture enough that in a major American election, somehow like Hanzo is being discussed yeah. as part of it. Um, so there was something, there was something really fascinating about that. That um, and it made me in a weird way excited for gamers that. You know, gaming used to be this thing that was considered, you, you know, when I was growing up, um, my generation was looked at as like, you're playing with your toy, you'll grow out of it mm. someday, you'll be done with it. And I think, you know, we really believed that gaming was the future entertainment um, medium that was going to sort of capture the world, and it really has. And seeing the game get referenced during the election kind of made me realize that um, one, it was cool that the game Overwatch had reached, that it was part of the conversation. But even more to me was that that gamers are prolific enough and influential enough mm. as a community, you know, the collective gaming community, not just the Overwatch gaming community, that were a part of the discussion. Mm. And I thought that was really cool. Has Overwatch been used in a sitcom yet? And if so, did they use the right controllers? Because, um, you know, they always use the wrong ones. <laughs> I cannot talk about that. Okay. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, wow. News. Um, <laughs> do you want to ask about the... I, I will absolutely do yeah. that. So uh, I think it's really... It's a, it's a really interesting time at the moment because obviously the whole games with service thing is sort of a bit trite at this point. But there's something really interesting to me about the difference in development between... Or in development processes between making a game for the first time and releasing that game, which is something that we've seen over the years... And this relatively new thing of upkeeping a game and adding new things to it, which is something I think most people agree you do very well. Obviously, coming into a, the second year of Overwatch, how have your sort of philosophies towards that changed? Are you approaching development differently? Have you sort of streamlined how you make things? What, where is Overwatch at now in a development sense? I think um, it's really like a great question because it, the, the hardest thing for a team like... Overwatch is the first game that my team has made together as a group. Mm. Like, obviously, um, a lot of us have shipped other games at Blizzard or other companies, so we had that experience. But it's it's unique every time your team ships a game, and that's mm. a really hard thing to do. It's kind of like a giant hurdle to get over. And then the next immediate hurdle after that is how do you transition to be a service? Mm. And it's a hard mindset for people because... You know, just making the game is is one thing. You're building a lot of technology from scratch. It's kind of like standing up this big monolithic thing. But games as a service is um, 
I, it's best described as a runaway train. Mm. Like that thing's going. The 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 players are here. You can either put more track in front of the train, or that thing's just gonna you know go flying into <laughs> whatever canyon comes next. And um, you know that's why you see games fail. Is people they don't they don't keep their audience you know playing and happy and recognize what their their audience needs. And it's really hard to do. Um, the thing that I've been really proud of that we've been able to get better at over time, and we're still not perfect, and there's still room for growth here, is really uh, there, there's internal stuff that that you guys aren't seeing about how we have our our patch pipeline sort of um, stacked up, and they're sort of cascading at this point. Mm-hmm. So everything's lined up. Like I think we're we're working on every patch through July at this point. <laughs> Nice. Um, so, uh, and that's like one mm. a month. So mm. that's a lot to keep in your head. Mm. Um, and we we've gotten better at that. It used to be, kind of be like, well, what's the next patch? What's the next yeah. patch? And so at this point, a bit of a cushion. Yeah, actually, that's <clears> not <throat> even true. We're through. We are through August at this point. Wow. Um, so that's been pretty cool. But the the part that I'm really proud of the team is that we've been able to, for the most part, get the console and PC patches to be synchronized, mm. which was really difficult for us. We're you know, traditionally a PC company. Mm. Um, it was great getting Reaper of Souls on, onto the console platforms, mm. and then having the simultaneous release of Overwatch on three platforms was a really big deal for us. But our expertise was in PC gaming where we run the service and we're gonna update whenever we want. <laughs> And sort of taking a step back and, and learning like, okay, there are very good reasons why Sony and Microsoft have these sort of certification processes mm. in place. Like it's not just arbitrary and bureaucratic, it's all about quality control and making sure that their players have the highest level quality experience. Mm. But how do we integrate with that in a way that allows us to also deliver stuff at the, the pace that we want? So. That was probably one of the biggest challenges, but also one of the things that I'm really happy that the team has gotten better at. You uh, guys have always, sorry. No, you, you go for it. Well, like you guys have always done, speaking of your sort of the cascading sort of updates or patch patch sort of structure that you've built, you guys have always had sort of a drop, like a content drop a month, which I think has been widely appreciated apart from people who want, you know, MOBA style 30 more characters every yeah. year or something. Um, <laughs> Is that is that something you're looking to keep up with in year two as well? Do you see it, still see it as sort of one new thing to kind of look forward to every month or we a have, month or so? We have so much that we want to deliver to mm. the players that, and there's nothing that's sort of more exciting for us than finally realizing all of our dreams for this game. You know, anytime you make a game, it doesn't matter what the business model is you always have much more in your mind than ever makes it all the way to the player. Mm. But the awesome thing about a game like a World of Warcraft or a Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm or Overwatch is that you get to keep delivering this stuff. So we love doing it. Um, the monthly cadence feels about as fast as we can really go mm. with um, maintaining quality. Mm. We could probably go faster, weirdly, if we... Uh, if we dipped on the quality, I, I don't think we can make less content and have it hap- happen correctly. Um, or we could get a couple patches out really fast and then have some sort of gap. So we'd right. rather be consistent um, and have high high quality. The thing that I've been thinking the most about recently is the hero updates. I know that um, players want you know lots of heroes. Mm. I don't know if if too many heroes is such a good thing for Overwatch. Yep. Yeah. Um, in terms of balance, in terms of players just affinity for the the characters. Like in I know it sounds cheesy to talk about the lore stuff, mm. but um, I I want every player to know who every character is and what their backstory is and to actually care about them. Yeah, because like, I guess if you add too many, like then you start having to retrofit them into the story because where did they exist before if yeah. they were never even conceived of? Like, well, and that idea of like kind of going, where does that person, is that person with that person? Yeah. Or like It gets you get in the corner. Um, seems like a lot in the first year we were talking about this, mm. about Overwatch was establishing the world, introducing to all these characters, kind of a bit more like a history, like this is what used to be the case. And 
you've made a point repeatedly about Orisa being the first new hero, like a contemporary hero. Is it like the future, the next year of Overwatch, going to be more about telling the ongoing story rather than kind of retrospective? I think it's a mix. I think um, because Overwatch is new as an intellectual property, we haven't explained enough of any of the eras to our players yet. Mm -hmm. So the main eras are the Omnic Crisis. That's when, when and why Overwatch was formed. Um, and in the Overwatch timeline, that was 30 years ago. Then we've got what we call the golden years of Overwatch, which is about you know, 10, seven to 10 years ago is this golden years. Um, that's when the Omnic Crisis is resolved, but then Overwatch is still needed and still doing good things across the globe um, and really growing in power. And that's when you've got like newer members like Tr Tracer and Genji are starting to join the ranks. And then obviously like whatever um, sort of conflict and, and um, turmoil happened to overturn Overwatch, which we will explore someday, um, happened. And then Overwatch went into the disbanded period, which is where we're at now. And I don't even know if most Overwatch players know that those three periods exist. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I, I know that there's a lot of really dedicated fans who pay attention to all of the lore and are, are seeking more. But I think we kind of owe it to our players to explore the, the whole timeline a, a lot more and kind of catch everybody up to speed. And obviously, we want to add new people in the future and keep pushing the game storyline further in the future, but I think we owe it to the players to tell them a little bit more about that pass as well. Well, it's super interesting to have a new game that isn't about, or isn't all about, here is an event that you are go you were at the center of and you're going to play through, which is, you know, the classic narrative. It's kind of being put in a situation going, oh, by the way, all this stuff happened as well, and you're gonna learn about that. That's really cool, and I, that's part of what makes me enjoy the lore quite as much as I do. Um, I think we might be running out of time, so I think we have time for one more question. <laughs> is that the question? Yeah, I think that is the question. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you guys make me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know, we don't want to know any any details or, you know, we're not we're not digging or anything. We just want to know, have you met Terry Crews when he came? I, to the, I am not, so... He's sleeping around your office. Well, yeah, you've really got He was there and everybody was so excited and I saw his picture at the mm. front of our suite. I did not get to meet him, I, and I was super bummed because <laughs> I think that would have been the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff. Yeah, it's been yeah. amazing. Thank you, up guys. With all our stuff and silly questions. Um, thank you for making Overwatch. Yes, uh, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Good podcast. He's brilliant. Sorry, I was taking a drink. I was drinking to him. <laughs> You're he's, just refreshing yourself after all that, Jeff. He's a delicious man. Yeah, I was a bit embarrassed at the end. I just go, kind of just go, oh, thank you for making Overwatch like a <laughs> fucking loser. Man, there's one bit right at the start, and I bet people will, will have been annoyed by this, where I just start talking, like, gobbing off about Near Automata for ages, because I got all flustered and was like, oh, I just want to join in the conversation. I'm going to talk about a game I liked. And just he had, like, yeah, it's Jeff had nothing that's to all right. say. I did make Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We were just talking about all the games so, yeah, we liked. Since we recorded that, congratulations on your BAFTA best yeah. multiplayer. Best multiplayer. Like, screwed out of design. I yeah. I mean, we we love Inside. Inside, but I wouldn't say yeah. the design award. No, no, no Lots that. of awards for that game, absolutely, but yeah. not yeah. design. Um, but yeah, like, it's just really, really nice yeah. and knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, We'd I, heard rumours before he came in about how all those game dev developer updates were like one take, and he just yeah. does them off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of went... Yeah, it's probably it's probably true. Yeah, it, just speaking to that man at any time, he just has an interesting thing it's to say. Yeah, out I wish you say like yeah, like he came in for like two hours into our office in London, yeah. and if you kind of just listen to the IGN podcast, we've got some amazing videos with Jeff coming out over the next few weeks. Yeah. By the time this podcast goes live, actually, one will be on the site where he watches a game of us playing Overwatch <laughs> and basically shoutcasts over the entire thing. Yeah, and you can see our reactions, Gogglebox style to him critiquing our play on Iconvold. Yeah. Then we've also got him doing a massive Easter egg feature about all the characters. And then finally, that, yeah. we've got him um, kind of reading some IGN comments and responding to them in yeah. inimitable Jeff fashion. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. That um, that critique video is hard to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he really goes to town on you. He fucking you get, hates um, it. I'm like playing a new character. I'm trying, I was trying to like show off for him. Nothing. Yeah. You get an absolute pace. Yeah, I think we even, I I think we even talk about well. it in that podcast. I I didn't realise that he critiques you twice. Oh yeah, I'm the only person he rewinds on. <laughs> he rewinds me. 
Um, Jeff. The, the bit in uh, thing, we won't spoil it, but there's a bit where he talks about Genji in particular in that video, which is fucking brilliant. Oh, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, definitely. Like, if yeah. you like Overwatch, if you like Jeff Kaplan, like, we like him. Yeah. Go check out those videos because they are very good. No one likes Jeff like we like Jeff. <laughs> All right, he's never coming in again now, is he? <laughs> that is weird. Creepy fucker. Um, Joe didn't, didn't have his trousers on under the table in that. Oh, Joe. Oh. They just came off without me touching them. They oh, just no, slipped Jeff. out. Now my pants are chafing me. It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> we haven't just been doing Jeff though. Nope. What else have you been doing? I went to look at a showcase of PlayStation VR your trousers games. on this time. Hopefully, yeah, mostly. Right. <laughs> Someone took them down. Someone pantsed me while I was playing VR. You got games. Snake Pass, lads. <laughs> PSVR is that still a thing? I mean, it should be. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I hope so because I'm going to write about some of this. Um, what do you see? I played a few games. Uh, well, actually, the interesting thing was it's a showcase for what PSVR can be right. aside from games. So they had like 360 hat. YouTube videos, a hat, a very fashionable <laughs> eyewear. A sleeping mask. Take on planes. It's just like a one section with just loads of different googly eyes on it. Googly like a good. mask. Yeah. Could be a mask. I don't know. What do you uh, want? Halloween. Baby Holder. Yeah. Goers Tron. <laughs> Baby Cup. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Cup. Yeah. Do you know a couple of different babies? Come on, PSVR devs. Pull your fingers out. But there was like 360 YouTube videos, so I watched yeah. the new Gorillaz music video in in VR. What? So it doesn't have that support It's yet. actually really impressive. So You're like flying through space. So that's not being supported until now. It There's going to be a future update to no the YouTube it, it has on PS4? It has been supported, but the quality of stuff going out was too low, right. so they never really showed it off because they were like, Do they mean like dangerous. Quali quality in terms of like resolution and shit? Or in terms of like... People were making guff. Yeah, no, uh, well, kind of both as far as I could tell. Oh, the right. guy explaining it was like, some of them just made you throw up. Right. <laughs> so, um, but like, there's some really interesting stuff on there. There's like skydiving in VR yeah. and like just all sorts of things. It's I like really the cool. Gorillas thing. That sounds really good. Gorillas thing's amazing. It's like yeah. a big psychedelic journey through a haunted house. You know they're going to have a TV show, their own TV show? Oh my God. Yeah. I hate it's their not, voices though. Whenever like they it. actually it's not speak. It's a bit late. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a bit well, late? They got, new, they got a new album out. That new, first the, new, the new songs for the new album. Oh, yeah. Fucking Very good. Amazing as well. Um, so I saw that. I watched uh, David Attenborough's First Life, which is where you travel through the bottom of the sea whilst the first life in the world. <laughs> it's the like bottom of David Attenborough. No, no, mostly, I've David done it with Jeff David, before. <laughs> David Attenborough's First Life. Like, yeah. it's all his previous incarnations. This is when he was a nematode worm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boring series. It gets better in, it, it in the Regency a, period as I a lady. liked it. Wait, it's actually... Are you in control of David Attenborough? No. It's no. not. No, it's one not is next. no one is baby. <laughs> it's not as impressive as I thought it was going to be and it would have been more impressive if like a trilobite turned around and had his face on it yeah. <laughs> like I'm a trilobite I'm the most specious guy um, so I watched that that was vaguely underwhelming do you think trilobites have got a chip on their shoulder because everything around them has evolved and changed and they're like got it right 400 million years ago yeah. baby they've, fine baby they've died out <laughs> now there's only the little yeah, ones we around, keep they're around for a while Yeah, they were like they we didn't have to change and then hubris maybe hubris dead. Now they're just in little uh, tanks with sea monkeys. Idiots. <laughs> Dave Ambra. Well, was there any games? Getting there? off track. Um, oh, so I played a game called The Persistence, which I okay. really want to play with all of us, which is a sci-fi horror game sort of a roguelike, so every time you die you respawn as a new person and try and go through the same. And uh, like, I think it changes each time, but go through this sort of um, ship full of mutated bastards okay. over and over again. And each time you collect, like, stem cells to improve your genes, you're being controlled by this mad computer. Ooh. But the twist is that up to four people can be looking at the map on tablets and Ooh. affecting the world around I you. I love like, that asymmetrical gameplay, Oh, Charles. my God. Good. Now... Obviously, asymmetrical gameplay keeps coming back and no one ever buys the fucking thing. And <laughs> yeah. coupled with VR, which no one's bought as well, <laughs> might bits, be a tough sell. But it is really good when you do it. Um, so they had a really smart thing, which is everyone who played for the first time played in VR. Okay. Then when they got out of VR, they played on the, the same game on the tablet against the person who was behind them in the queue. So you're right. just fucking up the person after you. Um, so you Sounds can like good. open doors or dr like lure enemies into them. But then there's this like board game aspect of different players get given different objectives. So okay. someone's want to be helping the player. Ah. Someone's want to be hindering them. Yeah. Sometimes it's half and half, and it's really smart. It's a better than our fable game. 
Well, oh, it's a different thing. Fable. Didn't like that. No, I quite yeah. like you know the Fable, fable the one with the legends. Tab, the, yeah, legends. Just a random say, cover. Yeah. Villain. Yeah. It's, better, it's better than Fable 3. That's <laughs> yeah, shite, wasn't it? Like, you always use that as your, like, your stick. Benchmark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fable 2. You know how much Gav likes Fable 2? He's always got on We're going to do that as a new like, feature, like graphics comparisons. Every game, Gav, Fable, fable 2. 2. Comparing Watch Dogs yeah. to Fable the, 2. The opening's quite different. <laughs> just a picture of you in front of a TV, just going... Uh, not the same you know what would be a good name for that game it's roguelike is it it is yeah David Attenborough's first life nice very good (laughs) Um, but the best thing I played and I want to I'm going to probably write a feature about this is a game called Static which is by the people who make who are making Little Nightmares Really? Um, which we're super into. Oh. And it's coming out in the same week. That's their first two games. They, like, they had holiday butt, didn't they? For like yeah. the f- <laughs> Cheaper going in term time. Yeah. For like the first, <laughs> for like the f- last 15 years, all they've done is other people's projects and they release two games at once. It seems like a really Pace weird thing to flat. do. Yeah. It's a marathon, not that, a sprint. That does feel shit. Either way. It might be good though. Static is the game. <laughs> Static's a game in which every level is you wake up in a different room with this doctor who's got like a mosaic out face like he's a criminal on tv and he speaks to you in cryptic language and is kind of making fun of you yeah and each level you have this sort of weird analog technology puzzle box stuck to your hands which in real life is your ps4 controller so you can turn it around Ooh. and look at the puzzle box but it essentially means that it's remapping the controls every time you play okay. so each level is a completely different set of things and you just have to learn how this puzzle box works first then work out how to get it off your hands and it's so, so smart. Oh, yeah. I played, me and Powers played that. I think that, you played it uh, at PSX. Uh, PSX. Yeah, that's really it weird. Good? Yeah, like the guy was, I had 15 minutes to get it off my hand and I was freaking out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like that. It's a bit like, it reminded me a bit, it's a while ago since I played a bit portly. Uh, yes, like it's got the something design, like even though the scenario sounds like sore. Yeah. So I, yeah, no. So I talked the, the guy showing it off was the guy who wrote that. the story, and he was like, yeah. uh, the first idea was obviously horror, and then we were like, everyone does fucking horror in VR, so yeah. we tried something else, and it's sort of this sci-fi Twin Peaks vibe yeah. where nothing quite makes sense and you don't know where you are you know what the hell raising money didn't come through exactly <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me Pinhead's check didn't clear it also reminds me of a Frick. game that I used to play called Edward Cider Hands and I know Edward Cider essentially Hands. you get two <laughs> I, I, flagons of cider on each hand they're taped to each hand and you can't use your hands until I've, you drink the cider I've played oh. Amy Winehands yeah Amy Winehands exactly the same it's dangerous uh, we also, uh, there was also the one, beer one. don't slow it down yeah. <laughs> the beer Lebowski Ski was the other one. I don't know. It's not useful. It's nothing to do with hands. Um, We should do that. Just do that in VR. VR. (laughs) I mean, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Copy. They're copying. Well, I'm glad Static's interesting to you. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking about drinking a fuck on the cider now. So well done, Static. Grumpy King. No, that sounds really good. Do you refer to getting boozed up as your virtual reality? Yeah. You know that's reality for everyone else. Huh? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, basically, it's the first time I've played a VR game where I was like, I could play that for 10 hours. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want that to be a full-length game. And it will be in April Amazing. 24th, I think. What, um, was that the best thing? That was the best thing. That was the I didn't get thing. to play Farpoint, which okay. is apparently good. Oh, was that the third-person one we were walking from behind? No, that's the first-person shooter. with It's sort of Starship Troopers-y. All right. And I, I did play one called Star Blood Arena, where I watched another games journalist play for five minutes and have to take his uh, hat off and like run away because <laughs> he was going to be sick. Would you be crazy? Oh, we played Eve. One of the fanny websites. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. That's why I'm not naming him. <laughs> uh, I felt a bit queasy playing Eve Valkyrie the other day as well. That's because it's not very good, though. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, like gun. Like they've got a lot of guns spinning around this. We'll talk about. We'll, yeah, talk, we'll talk about, talk about another. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, that sounds very good. Do you know what else is very good? No, we're breezing through this because we've got to go somewhere. Um, do you know what else is very good? The bloody Thor three trailer. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, we watched it yesterday, and uh, it was a really funny moment. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, but there's a really funny moment in it, basically, where uh, Thor sees the Hulk coming towards him, and he just shouts out, "Yes!" And we got to the same point. It was so weird. We were, watching, we were watching exactly in sync by yeah. accident. And we both shouted out yes before Thor shouted out yes. As soon as he comes through, I was like, yes! <laughs> it looks awesome. He's a friend yeah, from work. I think yeah. they've realised, like Chris plays with strengths. He's a really funny dude. Very Chris funny. Hemsworth. Like you watched yeah. um, Vacation the other day. Yeah. He's, he's really, really that, funny yeah. in that. Like he's very funny. Also, he's the funniest thing in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like he gets a lot of the best lines in yeah. Ghostbusters mm. and he, they all all fucking land. It's got good timing, well. yeah. yeah. Well, he's also, like, even in Age of Ultron, which was a very 
like dour movie yeah he was the fun yeah bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and that was really good and I, this is like funny bits but <clears throat> that it's like a big u-turn from the dark world which yeah. is just oh the most tedious yeah. humorless yeah that's a good point boring of all the I, marvel movies i think i think they kind of realized with guardians they've just gone right we could play all this like weird mystical shit straight and we could probably well, do an all right job, but but if we do it a little bit more fun, yeah, it's going to be. A but also, I think that was a bit of a turn from the first Thor movie. Thor in the first one had more yeah. color, more vibrancy, yeah, yeah. and it like the rainbow bridge is full on rainbow bridge. Yeah. So I think that the, the Guardians took cues from that. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to say that it's all from the Guardians. No, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, definitely yeah. an influence because yeah. that all has to match up at some point. Yeah. yeah. But the first Thor is way more lively. It's than quite funny as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Everyone, I keep seeing people being like, oh, I hated the first two Thor movies. And I thought Thor 1 was I like really, like really pretty good. Yeah, and this one's all right. had the best vision of any Marvel movie at that yeah. point. Like, yeah, it, was, it really... was almost the trickiest one to pull off as well. Yes. Yeah. had to like quickly table all that crazy stuff. It was it's... also the first time they got like a weird director in, yeah, wasn't it? Branner, yeah. Branner. That's amazing. Yeah. Just like, he just crammed it full of Dutch angles. <laughs> yeah. Fucking loves a Dutch angle. <laughs> it's got a massive, it's got a good score of that. Like, not a lot of the Marvel movies have good scores or memorable oh, scores, but it's Patrick Doyle who does a lot of Kenneth Branagh films. Okay, it's yeah. really regal. Like the bit where, yeah. is it the Devastator? Yeah. Who kills him yeah, and you yeah, think yeah. Thor is dead. Yeah. And then the hammer just goes flying through the earth to him and he just catches it. That's an amazing moment in those Marvel that. movies. Uh, yeah, I really want to rewatch that. It gives me goosebumps that yeah. moment. And, this, and the suit just like emerges around him. Yeah. But yeah, this trailer looks Ace. Oh, it's very good. It's properly. Best part in the trailer, though, Skuck's Life Graffiti in the background. There is Skuck's Life Graffiti. Uh, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's from Hunt for the Wilder People if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen that, go watch that right now. Um, that's now that's, that's now Thor homework, which yeah. is brilliant. And what we do in the shadows. What we do in shadows. I watched, watch I watched it on the, flight, on the flight back from uh, Iceland because it's just so funny. And I've watched that on loads of planes yeah. in the last year or so. It's I, really it's I, so good. I, I, when I first watched that, I watched it three times in three days. <laughs> like, genuinely, like, well, I, I saw it, then I showed my family it, and then I showed my ex it and was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep watching this forever. <laughs> yeah, like, you binder. That was it. That was the <laughs> night. I've, I've still not seen his first film, Boy, which is supposed to be really good. Yeah, oh, I've never seen Boy. That. We should watch that. Yeah, I'm not a fan that. of Eagle vs. Shark particularly. That was that's the. They direct that as well. I yeah. quite like that, but that was around the time there was loads of films like that was it's coming. Very out. Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. like that time. Um, whereas I think he's kind of evolved from that now, and he does actual jokes. Yes, which there is, is that, which is really good. Um, but yeah, Skuck's life in the background. That's awesome. Can't wait till we get to interview him for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh my god, I might, just be, want to bit, touch I might be a bit overwhelming. Actually. Just touch him. Can we yeah. get him in? Be like, okay. what's your pitch? Well, I mean, Gary's just gonna wank him off. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> you can't do that to a Marvel director. Bloody can. Getting blacklisted from every major company we work with because we keep what, wanking but, off the guys. But in what charge. a way to go out though. Like, if you're <laughs> gonna go out, though, I think a lot. Off. I think a lot of people who read IGM just go fair play, IGM. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Because there'd be a lot, to be fair, there'd be a lot of people who'd be like... That's me clapping, not... Yeah, wanking him off. <laughs> I, I saw, think there'd be a lot of people who, if we did do this, and this is going to happen, this is serious now, let's, mm. let's elevate this idea to the next level. Mm -hmm. If we did do that, I feel like a lot of people would actually be into it. What, like, just a video of you two? Wanking him off. One hand on mm. each. It, do you reckon he's a two-hander? I don't know. Thor's a two-hander. I don't think if anything. Are we talking about Hemsworth? I thought we were talking about Watiti. You can wank Watiti off. I'd love to. I love Thor. Should we do I saw a guy. <laughs> guys, I think, uh, guys, you know we have a features meeting every Monday, uh, and then we'll email Disney. I saw a guy who looked and dressed uh, like Taika Taito Waititi on the bloody hell, Gavin. What was that? He was thinking about it. <laughs> uh, like uh, like Waititi on the tube the other day, yeah. and I was really excited. And I was looking at him, kind of going. Oh, I'm going to take cues from how you dress. You dress really well. And yeah. then he got out his phone and opened up his notes app. And I was like crammed right next to him. So I was looking at his phone. And he was writing really bad poetry Aww. and ideas for things. So he wrote down the words. <laughs> I watched him write down the words. A song where only the crowd sings the words. <laughs> well, that song's already been written. Angels by Robbie yeah. Williams. <laughs> Very good, very good. Very good. Um, um, yeah. I, that just reminded me of something. There's an advert for something that's just called Albert Einstein. Have you seen this? Uh, yes. Ron that, Howard's new thing. That looks like Taika Waititi dressed up as Albert Einstein. <laughs> Honestly, check out the poster. It looks exactly like it. I love to see him like, play Albert Einstein. Because it looks like how he is in Hunt for the Wilder People yeah. as the priest a little bit. Like, oh, so that yeah, character is so yeah. funny. What's <laughs> that voice? It's so good. There's um, something about like Kiwi voices really very tickle funny, me. Yeah. It's so really funny. Good. We've got such a good well done then well tell you what else is really funny <laughs> is a game called keyword <laughs> countdown Key
I can't tell whether you were laughing at the idea of keyword countdown or at the fact oh, that you that had one, no yeah. idea what your segue was. No, no, no idea. Um, if you don't know what keyword countdown is, IMDb categorized their films via a bunch of crazy keywords. What I've done is taken five films, all connected somehow, and you have to guess what the film is by those keywords. I don't know what the theme is. Dear. <coughs> we'll see. I don't. <laughs> You're you this bit like you're not dying are you with this cough. It's uh, not like when someone coughs in a sitcom and they all the listeners be like, "Oh, we had that." Like, oh. I got a little tickly thing. Imagine if we started a like an underground like subtext <clears throat> subtextual storyline throughout the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. At one, got, po- at one point, is writing it. Yeah. <laughs> what, if, what if one of us died? Well, we, we all will at some point. But like what, during mm. the production of this? No, no, no. But like, what if one of us died while we're all still on the podcast? Not like do yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But like, say like, uh, well, say powers died. Say if powers died, it'd be bad. Yeah. How much of a break point? are we allowed we'd to probably, take? We probably either put out a special or take a week off. Is it? Is it like? Yeah, that's the thing. Is it like that really reckon- shit two thousands film where it's like they try to kill off their roommate because if you get if you kill off your roommate, you get all A's. Right. Thing. Mm. If you or if you yeah if your roommate dies or kills himself. Or themselves, you uh, get all A's. So, like, well, the thing is, if Towers died, yeah. how long are we getting off for that? The whole team, do you reckon they died? Mm. They wouldn't allow off. I'm waiting for three of you to die because then I get redundancy. <laughs> um, well, no, but he's one of our best friends. Like, if he dies. He's one of your best friends. If he dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not having time off then. <laughs> but, like, if Powers died, how much time are we having off? It's probably something to talk about for a bit. I reckon. I think the circumstances. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. if we watched him die and it was messy, yeah. loads of time off. Yeah. Well, it's like that. Um, Maybe it's just pneumonia or something. Like if he got too close to his Mac Pro fan, mm. well, it's like <laughs> sucked his hand off. Right. Anyway, it's, 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 oh my it's god, something else. It's something else. Okay. <clears throat> so, film number one: the film where the guys try and kill their roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what that film's called. I have no idea what that is. Film number one: Asset Bluff. Sequel to prequel: Attack of the Clones. Ensemble cast. That's very good. British actor playing American character. Train Spotting 2. Train Spotting. That's not a sequel yeah, to a prequel, though, is it? Shot in the back. Sequel to a prequel. Godfather S- Part 2, Godfather Part 3. Stabbed in the throat. Ooh, sounds horrible. Crushed to death. What? So there's got to be three. Snorricam. <laughs> Excuse me? Snorricam. I feel that's like that more distinctive that's than a, it is for me. That's a camera, basically, that's like rigged to the front to be looking at a person. Uh, like Blow Witch. Yeah, Snorricam. Blow Witch. That's, no. that's not even that. Hieroglyphics. Stargate. Soul Transference. <laughs> oh, X-Men Apocalypse? Yes, it is. Well done. Oh, fuck that. Sorry, I don't want to look at it. What was the third one down? The Scottish accent? I can't remember what you said. British actor playing American uh, character, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, final cl- every film. Final yeah. clue on that, giant. I would never have gotten that. Yeah. There's soul transference in that. Yeah, in the first 10 minutes. Get your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know how many films I've been in and there's not been one bit of soul transfer? Is that your, like, is that your, That's you know, the, the yeah. society that walks out of films after they yeah. say the film title? Yeah. Are you that for soul yeah. transfer? But I'm in every film to the end because it's not in any. Yeah. <laughs> it's not one. Terminator so 2. Many. There we go. Film number two. Three word title. Lord yeah. of the. Directed by several directors. Oh, the uh, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Film 43. But what, I, I tell you what. Is that a thing? It's because several implies more than two, and it's two. So I'm 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 live editing. Fargo, directed by several directors. The Big Lebowski, Bechdel test passed. <sighs> Gay pornography. <clears throat> Cross country trip. Planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> That's four, isn't it? Yeah. Beauty pageant. <gasps> uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Well done. Uh, Who are the two directors? I don't know. I've forgotten their names. Weird. Uh, Five points to Joe there. Krupa, you've got two points. Uh, the, the other clues. Grandfather-granddaughter relationship. Dead body. Vow of silence. Van. <laughs> I haven't watched that film for ages. Yeah, it's right, isn't it? I really liked it. Um, I so bet there's a lot of hate for that film. I bet yeah, it's unbearably twee now. Yeah. Like, if you look back on it, I bet it... 
Because that was Napoleon Dynamite time as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like I think that's like Squid in the Wheel as well. I really, mm. I got fond memories of Squid in the Wheel. But I reckon if I watched it now, I'd fucking yeah, I can see it. that. Um, here we go. Fickle. It's come sad now. It? Passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I was like at university, going, anything can happen. It was all ahead of you. Yeah. Now and then anything fucked did. It. Absolutely fucked it. All right. Uh, film number three. Child. Um, the Golden Child. No way! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> the fuck? Well done, Joe. That's big. That's big. I haven't seen that since I was about nine. That's, that's I was, a biggie. That. I was. Do, I was doing. I was doing uh, the clues, and I was like, I fucking love the Golden Child. It's so good. I've never seen it. <gasps> it's good, man. We'll fix that. Oh Christ! Uh, I've got proper clues. adrenaline. Oh, clues. Show me that. Child. Demon. See, I, I put child at the top because I was like, no one's getting that. It's, well, yeah, I, it's one of the three words know, in the but title. That's what, means. I, that's what I thought. No one's Give definitely me a break. getting it because of that. <laughs> child. Demon. Prophecy. 1980s. Private detective. Nipples visible through clothing. My favorite. Classic. <laughs> Reluctant hero. Fish out of water. Interracial romance. Chosen one. That's hard. Yeah. Well, except for the first one. Yeah, except for the That's first That's the thing. Clip. I thought maybe like that would put people off, but not enough. Uh, 15 points to Joe. Cooper, you got two. <clears throat> Cooper, you're right. What's that face? Thinking face. Ready? About what? Film number four. Future. Third in a trilogy. Toy Story 3. One day time span. Mm. Oh, um. Summer Vacation. Oh, God, what are those films called? Hangover 3. Female Frontal Nudity. <laughs> Yes. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation 3 Is it the Ethan Hawke one? Reference to Garden of Eden Midnight Beyond Sunrise uh, Beyond Sunset Beyond Midnight Beyond Before Beyond, Midnight There you go ah! <laughs> uh, uh. I would like I would never have gotten it otherwise That's, I fucking love those films I've man. never watched them I really Ooh. want to They're incredible and I think I watched them all no. at, like the kind yeah. of right. You know, I can't. I've not seen them. Oh, oh. I, I, I kind of watched them all almost at the right ages as well. Ah, uh, nice. Like, which is really good. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you got uh, seven. Seven points for Cooper there, so nine points to fifteen. Come uh, on. Uh, the other, the other clues, the other clues in that. Sorry. Uh, female frontal nudity. Reference the Garden of Eden. Kissing while having sex. Trojan condom, reference to Balzac, gas party, <laughs> reference to Luxembourg Gardens, Paris. What are they called? A bit like again? National Lampoon. A bit like National Lampoon. What's it called? Like before sunrise, before, before sunrise, after. Before sunrise, before midnight is the third one. Had after, kebab. And I think before sunset or after sunset is the other one. But yeah, there you go. I would never have uh, gotten it. Yeah, they're all mad. I knew what it was. They are very good. Though. Which I think makes me the true winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's that? 15 points <laughs> yep, to Tell it to nine. my points, prick. <laughs> <laughs> and also the actual points make you the winner. Yeah. yeah. Here we go then. Final no. film. In keyword countdown. American Abroad. Uh, Cleaning a Rifle. Talented Mr. Ripley. Latrine. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Sweat. Ooh. Forrest Gump. Ernest Hemingway quote. Midnight in Paris? Vomiting. For whom the bell's toll. Woman cheating on man. God damn it. Breasts. Oh, now I'm more distracted. <laughs> European vacation. Fairchild A10 Warthog. Which is <laughs> a fighter jet. I just really Top like Gun. <laughs> no, but I like that. Hot uh, shots. Hot shots part two. Final clue. U.S. Marine Corps. Mm. Jarhead? Yes. Oh. Well done, Joe. That's a bit of a shit end to that. To an otherwise amazing one. I really like the Warthog, though. That's very yeah, it's good. good. <laughs> Fairchild A10 Warthog. For ages, you know, I was late because I was just looking at all the films that had Fairchild A10 Warthogs in. And I was like, guys, I'm going to be 10 minutes. How many? <laughs> Lots. Um, so that's 16 points to Joe, 9 points to Krupa. Well done. Well done, guys. That was, that was really good. Shake hands. It was nice. Does anybody know what the link is? Go through them again. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, what is it? All directed by a Jeff. X-Men Apocalypse. No, but I wish they were. That's too easy. I think that's too easy. Yeah, of course. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse, Little Miss Sunshine, The Golden Child. Um, what's that one? Uh, Before Midnight and Jarhead. They're all set in places where there's an Overwatch map. Yes. Very good. Very good, Cooper. That's a point for you. Just for funsies. What are we talking? Hollywood, Iraq. No. Uh, um, Temple of Anubis. Yeah. 
for well, Egypt. Yeah. Um, for Apocalypse. One. Yeah. Uh, Route 66. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Um, Iraq. Yeah, Iraq's Jarhead. Well, Arabian, Arabian Desert. Yeah. yeah, for Oasis. Um, um, two more. So you got Golden Child. Oh, Nepal. Yep. And the Before Midnight one. Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. Oh, I thought they were all uh, in France. France. Oh, King's Row? No. I thought England? they were all in France. Those. Germany. Greece. Really? Oh, yes. But well done, Krupa, you get that. That, that was, was really good. Great. 10 points to Krupa, 16 points Very good to Joe. Well done. Right. Should we do some feedback? Yeah, boy. And we'll fuck off. You're first. I got this. No subject from Emma Butterworth. On the last podcast, Daniel mentioned how his daughter had managed to get the hang... What the Daniel fuck is this, mate? That really scared the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> oh. I didn't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> on the last podcast, Daniel Robson, our Japanese colleague, he's not Japanese, but he lives in Japan and does IGN Japan. Daniel mentioned how his daughter had managed to get the hang of guiding Link around without walking him off cliffs. This got me thinking about the first game that I remember getting good at, Space Channel 5 on the Dreamcast. I never played that. Oh, it's good. Is it's it? a rhythm action game with a is. space lady called Ulala. This started a love of rhythm dance games. One of my proudest purchases was a hard dance mat with pads that lit up when depressed. <laughs> and also video game soundtracks. Oh, <laughs> what was the first game that really got you that you really got into and do you have any favourite soundtracks? Ooh. First game I really Ever? got into. Yeah. Fuck. I didn't think about it when I chose it as feedback, I just like the question. It's gonna yes. be Tetris or Pushover. What's Pushover? Pushover's like this uh, puzzle game that was sponsored by Quavers. <laughs> a lot of games when we grew yeah, up were yeah, very man. brand heavy. Um, Wave Race, yeah, sponsored Wave by Race. Famous. It was sponsored by Quavers Ooh. when it was on the yeah. It was sponsored by Quavers when it was on the Atari and PC. But then when it, I think it went to a couple Nintendo consoles and they fucking axed the Quavers bits from it. But basically, mm. the Quavers dog, what's his name? Johnny Quaver. He's lost all his Quavers and this ant called Colonel something. Really annoying. Pushover. Um, Colonel Pushover. And then the only thing as well is Pete Donaldson, who listens to this podcast, loves this game as well. And, <laughs> and, he, and he's he's actually tweeted me before when I couldn't remember the ant's fucking name. It's coming um, again. So it's coming again. Um, but yeah, you basically had to push over dominoes uh, and they all had different like sort of attributes and stuff and they all had different skills and mm. shit. It's a fucking brilliant uh, puzzle game. Should we do a feature yeah. of all those terrible Yeah, we should, we should definitely There's one yeah. where it was like tomato ketchup and I remember in the Amiga box you actually got sachets of ketchup Amazing. and you had to guide tomatoes through a factory and avoid yeah. all the blades otherwise they turn into ketchup well, and like Cool Spot is literally the fucking yeah. red bit from 7up right yeah there's yeah. a Chupa Chups level in Zool yeah. yes yeah um, there we go we've gone off topic uh, but... yeah Pushover or Tetris is mine um, and on soundtracks the same now um, <laughs> don't know I used to really like Chuck Rock on Amiga he got well into that and I just yeah. got well into Lemmings I like the soundtrack for, for Street Fighter 2 yeah, My, I think I got really into the soundtrack for like everyone getting like cool borders and shit like that because yeah. that had like and uh, Tony Hawk obviously like I think oh, that yeah, yeah. basically anyone our age bought a skateboard and listened to Lagwagon for a long time. <laughs> I remember just bought, bought a skateboard, yeah. sat on it in their garage, listening to the soundtrack yeah. on cassette. I yeah. remember playing the demo for Matt Hoffman's BMX and yeah. hearing ACDC's TNT and thinking I'd discovered like this underground track. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> Guys, you heard this? Yeah, yeah. Just, what, was, what was the first games you were into? Uh, uh, mine was always, like my dad had a Mac and we just had loads of knockoff versions of other famous games so it was like instead of Missile Command it was Patriot Command because yeah. it was Patriot Missiles I got well into that blowing up missiles yeah. so that was about it just loads of fake versions of other games yeah. Yeah. and the best soundtrack ever made is FTL that's a good soundtrack yeah. Yeah. I work to that very often like, mm. that is definitely like my early memories of games just playing demo discs yeah. like from, uh, from oh, me and I used to have like a yeah. massive box just full of floppies yeah. just play them for like hours and uh, just trying all the samples yeah. and that also just saying putting rude words into workbench yeah. oh yes good one, eh? the good stuff Krupa <laughs> uh, you're right um, this is from Ethan Hunt he says, he says in parenthesis not the Mission Impossible one well at no point did I think was a fictional character written <laughs> but thank you for clarifying you sweaty little oh, he's a spy he's not like he's he didn't use that is he yeah. I haven't got the knock list <laughs> <laughs> Following the most re oh, where are we staying? The Drake Hotel Chicago. 
Why is he taking that Bible? What an idiot. <laughs> Following the most What's recent... What's going on? <laughs> you need to brush up on your Mission Impossible knowledge, mate. Following the most recent show with Jesus. Joe and Co, and a.k.a. Screbbing the Rebs. <laughs> Are you rebranding the podcast when we're not on it? Nothing Screb to do with me. Rebs. But Talk I like Screbbing the Rebs. Talks about weird stuff they'd done in their sleep. I thought I'd send in some of my nightmarish actions. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm knew a, I should give this one We're never going away again. I'm an intermittent sleepwalker, or so I've heard. My parents didn't even notice I was sleepwalking at first because you have your eyes wide open with a sort of vacant, glazed-over look, like a Krispy Kreme-esque look. One night, I went to my mum's room and stood by her bed asking for a knife. <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. Uh, which I was She's un- dead. <laughs> which I was understandably mortified by the next day when looking at her devastated corpse. No, so... Um, <laughs> which I was understandably mortified by the next day when she told me. I didn't think I did it anymore, but a couple of weeks ago, after a night out, I apparently was up in the night screaming... Where is the fucking list? The knock list, maybe. Yeah. And my oh, girlfriend, God, and my, and my girlfriend, <laughs> proceeding to throw a lamp to the ground. Either I was talking about the Liam Neeson film, or really passionate about the weekly Tesco run. Going to get some rope to tie myself down, I think. Jesus. You shouldn't like get out in the wild. I told you not to trust Emilio Estevez. So we moved on from weird things we do in our sleep yeah. to um, falling asleep during films and then getting confused when you wake up as to what the films were. So my example was I once fell asleep during Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, yeah. and it immediately afterwards started playing the deleted scenes. And I'd never seen it before and thought it was a really avant-garde time travel narrative. <laughs> um, so this is from Mark Stewart on that subject. On last week's podcast, you spoke about falling asleep during films. My dad travels on planes a lot and thus watches a lot of films, show off, but is forever forgetting what they're called and so has to describe them to me with rough plot, actors, soundtracks and so on. He once came home adamant that he'd seen a film that was about a mute man who was trying to drive to an oasis with a bald woman in a huge truck. And in this oasis was Matt Damon, patiently waiting for them in a pretty futuristic settlement. Seems like this is a movie that just doesn't exist. What had happened is that he'd put on Mad Max, fallen asleep, woken up to the Martian, and then fallen asleep again. Love the podcast, Mark. I really Aww. like that. Accidental yeah. film mashups. That's quite good. I remember a friend of mine, I, I was showing a friend of mine... Inhalation uh, then. I'll, I'll enjoy. <laughs> I, showed, I showed a friend of mine Dust Till Dawn and he fell asleep like before the turn so he fell asleep when it was a road movie oh he's and like then, oh amazing Gas put on live TV yeah and then he, and then he woke up uh, he woke up when they were all fucking vampires and shit so. have you ever fallen asleep during films and gotten really confused by what's happened no I respect uh, film as a craft too much. <laughs> I have fallen asleep during a film and woke up fucking a vampire yeah. <laughs> Daniel Cooper goodness me uh, well that's it that's all we got for you uh, if you want to get in touch you can and IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com we'll be back next week when actually we've got pretty awesome another uh, guest another guest have we fucking hold off from Game of Thrones oh yeah and a story about his mental manager so I'll <laughs> leave you with that tease <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next week Hi. goodbye <laughs>